0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Happy Sunday. Welcome to Ask a Catholic Dude here on Anchor FM. I am that Catholic dude. Name is Dick. If you're taking any questions, calls, comments, concerns you might have on the Catholic Church, uh, scripture, tradition, the faith, anything you have to deal with Catholicism, feel free to give me a call. Um, speak your mind. You guys might have just heard a second ago I replayed a question from... One caller, who is also the host of The Catholic Show here on Anchor FM. Uh, this was from a couple days ago, maybe three four days ago. And it kind of dovetails into what I want to talk about today, actually. And I just put that up as an episode, which is why I re-uploaded it. So if you go to the Episodes tab, you can check out a few different Segments that I've done in the past, and those will not disappear after 24 hours. So check that out. Today, though, what I wanted to talk about was more about what I got into at the end of the answer to that question. And that's the saints. Um, on Thursday, I got to go to church for the Feast of St. Peter and Paul at the local Ruthenian Catholic Church, uh, also known as byzantine catholic church so it was of the byzantine rite, one of the 23 eastern catholic churches in the universal church and it was it was awesome you know as usual it was great to be there uh worshiping with everyone on such a great feast day of the uh preeminent apostles that really brought the faith to so many people so many people and we still venerate them today and ask for their intercession and there's a painting of an awesome saint there who i mentioned in that answer to uh, Edmund, and her name is Blessed Miriam Teresa Damianovich. and I just wanted to talk about her and about the saints in general, I guess, real quick. I think that for millennials today, you know, or even Gen Xers, you know, people, you know, people in this this age group, you know, twenties, thirties, whatnot. Um, we really need to look to the example of the saints, especially for young people like, like Edmund was talking about. We need to look to the example of saints so that, in the way that they mirrored Christ, we 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 can mirror them. So it's like, it's like you know like a series of mirrors. So we're we're, we're trying to be like Christ. We're trying to be like Christ, and then we realize like, holy crap, this guy was God. How could I possibly ever be that good? And. The thing is, we can then look to the example of the saints who we know are friends of God, who we know are in heaven with him, who are in union with him, in union with him in a way that we, we can never be here on earth. And so we look to their example because they were just regular Joes like us. They didn't have a divine nature like Jesus Christ did. They're just you know regular Joes, and we can be like them, because we have the capacity for it. They mirrored Christ in a way that maybe we don't right now. And by looking to them, we have in our, in mind our ultimate goal, which is to be like Christ. That's why Catholics and Orthodox and other mainline Protestant churches and ecclesial communities venerate the saints still to this day. And Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovic, is just an awesome saint. We'll just call her Blessed Teresa for right now uh, since that's kind of a mouthful. She was baptized a Ruthenian Catholic and eventually she joined the uh, the order uh, an order of nuns called the uh, I want to get the uh, exact name right, the Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth and she joined them when she was about 20-something. And the cool thing about her is that she lived in practically modern times. She lived in, in the 20th century. She was born and raised in New Jersey, lived there her whole life, lived in New Jersey her whole life, and died when she was only 26. I mean, she's like basically the same age as me. And what's really awesome about her is that the priest that was supposed to give like the spiritual conferences, like you know, the, the sermons and whatnot to the to the nuns there at her convent every day. He wasn't the greatest writer, but Blessed Miriam Teresa was a was a mystic. She had a, a deep, deep relationship with Christ. And she actually was the one that wrote the spiritual conferences, and it wasn't revealed until after her, her death. And I want to read just a couple of excerpts of what she wrote to see how good of an example she was. So the book that I'm going to read these essays from, or at least the snippets of these essays from, is called Greater Perfection, A Means of Achieving Union with God Through Prayer. And you guys can get this through the Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth's website. Just look up Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth on Google. Type in... Uh, Miriam Teresa Demjanovich, and again her her last name is spelled because I know it's a mouthful D E M J A N O V I C H. Blessed Miriam Teresa Demjanovich, and her uh, feast day is celebrated every May eighth. And again, she's just awesome because. And I eventually I got her biography too. I just finished reading her biography maybe about uh, a month ago, and I've had a, I've, I've just had a growing devotion to her. I've had a growing devotion to this 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 great saint. Because she's my age and because of what she, you know... Did in her life, she just always lived for Christ, but then she was also normal, like us, like, like how I, I mentioned in, in, the, in the first part of the segment. Like, she loved baseball. She loved playing baseball with her brothers. She played basketball when she went to college because she, she got a bachelor's degree at a college in, uh, in New Jersey. She played basketball. She was in the drama club. She wrote plays. She was in the Spanish club. She went to prom. She went to her high school prom because she grew up in America in the 1920s. I mean, th- she was just like a regular girl, but then, in other senses, in her spiritual life, she was so much more, uh, just, just an amazing example. And I, 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 want to emulate her more and more. So what she had to say about the saints in general is, is really cool. So here's, here's, here's something she said. And she wrote this when she was only 25, 26. Here's what she says about the saints. The saints did one thing, the will of God, but they did it with all their might. We have only to do the same thing, and according to the degree of intensity with which we labor, shall our sanctification progress. We shall attain that height of glory in heaven that corresponds to the depths of humility we have sounded on earth. The harder you hit a ball on the ground, the higher it rebounds. The perfection of humility is the annihilation of our will, its absolute submission to the divine in every last detail. And she really reminds me a lot of uh, my confirmation saint, Saint Ignatius of Loyola, because Saint Ignatius, you know, he saw what the saints did by reading about their lives, and he saw how they ended up in heaven. So he wanted to be like them. And blessed Marie, uh, blessed Mir and Teresa, blessed Teresa saw this too. She wanted to be like them. Um, and she goes on a little bit more about this this union that the uh, the saints have. She says this: Blessed Teresa says this: union with God. Then is the spiritual height God calls everyone to achieve, anyone, not only religious, that is, priests or nuns, monks, so not only religious, but anyone who chooses, who wills to seek this pearl of great price, who specializes in the traffic of eternal good, who says yes constantly to God. The imitation of Christ in the lives of saints is always possible and compatible with every state of life just such wise words from her wise words that I I can't get over the fact that she's only 26. And like I said, I've just had a growing devotion to her ever since I, I found out about her. Um, a couple of years ago when I saw her, her icon, her painting in that, that Ruthenian Catholic parish that I went to. And it's just, it's just awesome knowing to have an intercessor in heaven like her, um, you know, lifting our prayers up before God. And she was just beatified, uh, in 2013 actually, uh, here in New Jersey and just, just awesome. And I, I, I want to share one more thing with you guys before I ask all of you listeners a question. I want to share one longer segment that she wrote concerning our relationship with God and how it corresponds to, you know, how, how, how it corresponds to sin in the world. And I'm, I'm just going to let her speak for herself, uh, on this next segment here. The selection that I'm going to read from Blessed Miriam Teresa Demianovich's book *Greater Perfection* is from her essay on entitled "The Increase of Sanctifying Grace Affected in Penance." And this is great—something to really reflect on. And keep in mind, again, this is from a a little, you know, a girl from a little town in New Jersey in her mid-twenties writing this. It's just—it's just amazing stuff. So here we go. we'll, We'll dive into it. We all understand very well that the only sins one need confess and must confess in in the sacrament of confession are mortal sins. That mortal sin alone constitutes the necessary matter of confession. And for you guys, real quick, that want to learn more about the difference between mortal and uh, venial sin, check out uh, the first letter of John, chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. So continuing on with um, Blessed Teresa's essay here, uh, or a snippet from her essay, the Church has clearly defined, however, that it is a good and useful practice, especially for those who aim at conforming themselves more perfectly to the image of the Creator, to the life of Christ, to resort to the sacrament frequently, even though a venial sin be the only subject of accusation. Here, then, we have the case of a religious, that is, a person aspiring to be a saint, who has been going to confession week after week for many years, 5, 10, 15, 20, and as many more as necessary excuse me, God has held out to this person grace upon grace, and yet in his sight and even in that of thoughtful men, there is no proportionate increase in virtue. In fact, he seems to be and is in a worse state than at the beginning of his religious life. What is the trouble? The sacrament is of divine institution. It is God who forgives and who gives the increase of grace. Therefore, the trouble must be and certainly is with the soul. It is just this. He, prevent, he presents himself week after week before Christ as judge with improper dispositions, which through force of habit have virtually become no dispositions at all, and hence not only prevent that outpouring of grace with which Christ wills to flood his soul, but in some cases it may even happen that as a result of continued deliberate indifference, he may be in a certain measure guilty of sacrilege. And the pity of the trouble is, it's only a venial sin. Only a venial sin? Ah, if we looked at the matter from God's point of view rather than from our own, we should be forced to say in all truth, it's all of a venial sin. We have no idea of the malice of sin, and therefore we go on our way cheerfully piling up insult after insult to God and heaping up for ourselves mountains of fuel to be consumed in the weary, slow-burning fire of purgatory. If only we had that clear knowledge of the evil of sin which the saints had. Why are we so indifferent to the great danger and real harm of venial sin? Why? Because as long as we keep out of hell, we are satisfied. That is, as long as we know we will not suffer eternally, it is only a venial sin. Yes, I am still a friend of God, but just what kind of friend am I? I wonder if it is one he is pleased to acknowledge. Remember his words, I will not now call you servants, but I have called you friends. When I deliberately commit a venial sin with the idea, it's only a venial sin, which is the same as saying, there is no eternal punishment attached, am I seeking God, or am I seeking myself? Not God, surely. If I were, I would take care not to do anything that would offend him in the least. No, I am seeking myself. I am looking to see just how far I can allow myself forbidden liberties and pleasures without straining my relations with God to the breaking point. (coughs) Excuse me and running the risk of being hurt in punishment for all eternity. I do not like pain. I am afraid of suffering, but just the same, I will indulge myself this once today. I will go just so far in gratifying my eyes, my ears, my tongue, my taste, my mind, my imagination, my temper, but I will go no farther, just this once today. Tomorrow is the same story, and the day after that. And only it is more than once, and the the number of falls goes on increasingly daily. Some day, one of those horses, through our gradually relaxing hold, will break the reins and rush us madly much farther than we ever expected or intended to go down the length of the infernal precipice to the foul abyss below, and all because it's only a venial sin. Nor is this another exaggeration. History affords us only too many instances. Luther did not become a heretic overnight, nor Judas, a killer of Jesus. Neither was Peter's denial the result of momentary weakness." No, all these betrayals had their origin in scarcely perceptible beginnings. And because the shadow of sin was not persistently dispelled, the storm of passion eventually broke in all its fury. And jumping ahead just a little bit just to finish off the last little bit of this spiritual conference from Blessed Teresa. And this is why the soul that habitually says, it's only a venial sin, cannot have sincere contrition. Because of its affection for the evil, if the will embraces the evil, and it certainly does, because it finds repeated delight in it, it cannot at the same time embrace the opposite good, namely, God. It may at the moment of confession try to do so in an irresolute, half-hearted manner, and since it is impossible for a soul, while continuing in this state, to elicit an act of perfect contrition, its contrition is thus necessarily imperfect. Remember, It is impossible for a soul who makes a constant and proper use of the sacrament of penance not to advance in perfection. Again, the whole question of perfection may be resolved thus. To conform myself to the image of my beloved, Christ Jesus, I need but to will so to do. I need but to will so to do. That will, however, shall not and cannot rely on its own strength. It can effectively act only through the strengthening power of grace, poured in great abundance on those who seek it in this holy sacrament of penance really powerful stuff i i it's just and it really spoke to me because when i was younger i i made a lot of mistakes and sometimes i would think oh you know it it's only a venial sin i would say exactly what she said I, i i remember i remember being like oh it's only a venial sin it's not a big deal like she says, like sin is sin. And to, to go around with that flippant attitude, it's, it's something that we all need to examine in ourselves when we make our examinations of conscience. And we need to keep in mind that all sin hurts God. And if we keep doing these little sins and we keep doing it over and over again, it's only going to lead to something bigger. Or maybe we think something's a venial sin and it's, it's really not. It's really, grave matter that we're dealing with here Um, and once we find out that it's grave matter well we know that there's three conditions for mortal sin that first the first condition is that the sin constitutes grave matter the second is that we know it's grave matter and the third is we know this and we go ahead and do it anyway with free act of our will so it's definitely something to reflect on and I, I thank God that I was able to read this book from her. And again, you can get this book, Greater Perfection, from just Google the website of the Sisters of Charity of St. Elizabeth. And you can find this book here by this awesome, awesome saint. Um, so remember her when you're um, asking for intercessors. Remember Blessed Miriam Tristan Ivanovich a, a great American saint who I hope will be, or Blessed, who I hope will be canonized as a saint very soon. Um, and so that leads me to a question I want to ask all of you. Who is your favorite saint or blessed? Who is your favorite saint out there? Why, and why? And there can be more than one answer to that. I mean, I have a lot of favorite saints. I mean, obviously Saint Nicholas, Bishop of Myra, he's, you know, the, the prototype for Santa Claus. I mean, he's one of my favorite saints. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, Saint Athanasius, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on. Saint John Vianney, um, I, I, I could go on for hours about that. And, um, but I want to know who, who, who's, who's your favorite saint? You know, top, Top one, two, three, something like that. And why is it so? And that can be, you know, also, that that, that includes anybody from the New Testament. It also includes people from the Old Testament. A lot of people don't realize this, but Catholics and Orthodox Christians, we venerate those Old Testament prophets and uh, seers as saints. Like um, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, we can call him Saint Isaiah. His feast day is celebrated every July 6th. And Elijah, we celebrate the Feast of Elijah Saint Elijah every July 20th. And it's really awesome in the Byzantine Rite where you get, on, when you go on the feast of Saint Elijah to, to church, after Mass, after Divine Liturgy, there is a Rite for Car Blessings because remember, Elijah was taken up in a chariot to heaven. So he is actually the patron saint of vehicles, which is awesome. So if you want to get your car blessed on July twentieth, I suggest you find a Byzantine Rite Catholic church to go to. Um but yeah, so that's that's my question for the day. Who is your favorite saint and why? New Testament, Old Testament, and in the current age, you know, the age after biblical times. So thanks for listening, guys. Look forward to hearing you. And, uh, again, call in with any other questions you might have, whatever's on your mind. Thanks for listening to Ask a Catholic Dude here on Anchor FM. Later, guys.